What if your biggest opportunity didn't involve doing more, but doing less? What if scaling back and simplifying wasn't only a way to make your life better, but a way to build a more successful business too? I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that explores how small business owners are building stronger businesses without the shoulds and supposed tos. This month, we're exploring opportunity, how we discover it, how we decide to pursue it, and what we do to take advantage of it. And I've been thinking about how we are prone to waiting until opportunity comes to us nicely packaged and easy to use, waiting until it lands in our laps. We wonder if the new social media platform will be the key to growing an audience, or if the new trend in products or services will unlock a new level of revenue. But I find that the best opportunities don't come nicely packaged. Instead, opportunities often present themselves in messy ways, maybe a series of what-if questions or a loose synthesis of seemingly unrelated information or a jarring new perspective on an old problem. And I've found over and over again that the best way to notice these messy, half-formed opportunities is to put myself in the thick of other people's what-if questions and the din of their seemingly unrelated stories. I've discovered my best opportunities at conferences and meetups, as well as in masterminds, direct message threads, and even when I'm doing podcast interviews. We have a whole world of information at our fingertips, but what's really useful are the ideas that are filtered through our conversations and connections, curated social ideas that help us turn questions into opportunities. And the reason these settings hold a key to opportunity is that they help us see things in a new way. They change our perception of what's possible by presenting options we might not have ever considered on our own. And this is so important because no matter how creative we might be, it's hard to come up with a completely unfamiliar idea because instead we use what's familiar, what's known to make smaller leaps. And this contributes to the phenomenon that I've been calling the squeeze. The squeeze occurs when you've run out of capacity in your business. You simply don't have the time, energy, or mental bandwidth to do more. And so you can't really see a way for the business to grow. Still, the squeeze convinces you that if you just rearrange the pieces or maybe tried a little harder, you can force some fresh growth. But alas, you just end up squeezed in a different arrangement of the same pieces. In other words, you use what's familiar to try to work your way out of the squeeze. And so you can't quite escape because what's familiar is what got you into the squeeze in the first place. In order to actually alleviate the squeeze, to find some room in your business again, you have to take a completely different perspective and see things in a new way. And that's how talking things out with others and learning how they see things differently really helps to inspire opportunity. Now, I know it's challenging to have those kinds of conversations or even to connect with people who see things in different ways. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast five years ago. I desperately wanted to bring wildly different perspectives to small business owners like you who are feeling the squeeze. It's also why I bring business owners together today through community and events. But right now, though, instead of sharing a conversation with you, I want to share my own observations, sort of a grand total of what I've added up over the years of my own business building, my interviews, my personal conversations, and my coaching and community building. This is a look at what 
I see when I look at a business and what I hear when I talk to a business owner. It's the overlap of opportunity and sustainability that drives the work I do with small business owners. And the crux of it can be summed up by the questions I asked to start out with. What if your biggest opportunity didn't involve doing more, but doing less? And what if scaling back and simplifying wasn't only a way to make your life better, but a way to build a more successful business too? It is no coincidence that as I've become a savvier, more mature business owner, my business has gotten simpler, like a lot simpler. And it's also not a coincidence that when I started a second company, I made that business even simpler. And that's pretty much the opposite of what people expect nowadays, right? They expect that opportunity and growth comes from layering on more and more complexity. Another sales funnel, another social media platform, another offer, another lead magnet, another team member, another whatever. That's what's being taught. If not in individual online courses, it's being taught in aggregate. When you take three online courses, you learn three different ways of doing things, and you naturally think that adding them up will be three times as good. Or when you hire a business coach, a marketing consultant, and an online business manager, you end up getting strategy and tactics from three competing points of view, and you end up trying to execute on all of them. I have yet to read a sales page for a business course or a coach that says, don't buy this or hire me if you're already doing X, Y, or Z. But I think that would probably be a great idea. All this to say that what we think business building looks like is actually pretty different from what business building actually looks like. And what it actually looks like is much, much, say it with me now, simpler. The biggest challenge in building a business isn't perfecting some complicated system of tricks and gimmicks. The biggest challenge is training your brain to let it be simple. If your business doesn't work in its simplest form, adding in elaborate tactics won't help. Instead, stronger, more sustainable businesses are simple businesses with impeccable follow-through. So the opportunity is actually in peeling back the layers, envisioning your business in its simplest form, and finding the best way for you to execute on that with precision. But you won't see it that way if you don't know how to look for it. Over the rest of this episode, I want to help you see the stronger, more sustainable business you could be building. I want to help you detangle the mess of complications that are likely at work in your business right now. And in case listening isn't the best way for you to digest these ideas, or you'd like to revisit what I'm talking about here in a more interactive written form, I created a PDF that you can download. It's called the Stronger Business Self-Assessment, and you can use it as a reference and a tool for helping you identify what your opportunities are as you build a stronger business. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash assessment to download it. That's explorewhatworks.com slash assessment. All right, still with me? Let's dive in. A stronger business checks three key boxes. A stronger business is operationally sustainable, it's financially sustainable, and it's personally and socially sustainable. Your next opportunity is in increasing the sustainability of any of those components. And while that could mean trying something new, it most often means simplifying and doubling down on what's already working. 
Simplicity and sustainability go hand in hand because complexity is energy intensive. It takes a lot of resources to manage and maintain a complex system. So while some complexity might be unavoidable, it pays to avoid any complication that's not completely necessary. By simplifying the operational, financial, and relational components of your business, you can dramatically cut down on the energy required to make it all work. Complexity also creates friction, and friction is both a drain on energy and a limitation on output. If you want your business to produce at its best, removing friction is key. So as we look at operational sustainability, financial sustainability, and personal and social sustainability, remember to keep your eye out for complexity. Now, we're going to dig into each of those pieces. First, let's take a look at operational sustainability. Having an operationally sustainable business means having a business that runs smoothly, causes very few headaches, and can effectively follow through on its plans and promises. So, Ding, ding, ding for simplicity right off the bat. A complex system makes it more difficult to run your business smoothly, more likely to cause headaches, and less likely to follow through on its plans and promises. Now, your business operations include everything from the major systems that your business runs on to the logistical procedures you follow on a daily basis. It also includes admin, customer support, and management. Sustainable operations help ensure that your customers are happy and well taken care of and that your team and you have the resources they need to do their jobs. Now, I see small business owners run into a bunch of common challenges when it comes to operational sustainability. One is that their systems are poorly documented, if documented at all. And so there's a ton of friction in how things actually get done. I also noticed that there's often been an attempt at optimization or automation, but it's happened before a system has really been tested. And so the optimization or automation fails and causes headaches. I also see team members who don't have a clear role and don't have ownership over their responsibilities. And that creates a lot of stress on the business owner because they have to be managing all the time. Businesses that are less than operationally sustainable often also use a whole host of apps and software to try and manage how things are done. And the fact that there are so many different apps or pieces of software all trying to work together, again, causes friction. And I think probably one of the biggest hallmarks of a problem when it comes to operational sustainability is that the business is just over capacity, and it ends up feeling like a mad scramble to keep it all together. Another issue that crops up a lot is that there is little transparency or contingency planning. So if someone leaves or if there's a crisis, the whole business is thrown into a crisis. And then finally, uh, another thing that I see all the time, and that probably is something you're either experiencing now or you have experienced in the past, is that the business owner is the bottleneck on anything getting done. So even if things are being outsourced or insourced, if the business owner, if you have to approve everything, if, if you have to manage everything, then that causes friction and headaches and complexity as well. So think about your own business's procedures and processes. Think about your admin, your customer support, and your management. Think about the very foundation of how your business runs on a day-to-day basis. 
Where is there unnecessary complexity? What would work better if it was simplified? Now I get it. It might feel like if it was simpler, it just wouldn't work. But what if it did? What would have to be true about that simpler system to allow it to produce as good or better results to what you're getting now? What would have to be true about that simpler system to produce three times the results you're getting now? Definitely take some time to think on those questions. But for now, we're going to move on to financial sustainability. Having a financially sustainable business means that the revenue model supports the business's operational evolution and the financial needs of the people involved. We also include marketing, sales, and offers, your products or services, in this category. Often businesses are financially unstable because they only ever account for today's needs and don't consider how needs are evolving in the short term or midterm. Now, this is fertile ground for complexity because when you're not thinking about long-term effects, it's easy to reach for more tricks to create results today. Aim to build a business that's financially sustainable as it evolves and not just sustainable for today. Now, again, I see a lot of challenges caused by a lack of financial sustainability. And I see a lot of conditions in businesses that make it difficult to support financial sustainability. The first one of those is often that revenue and effort among the team or just the business owners ends up getting divided up over a complex set of offers. In other words, maybe you've got six different offers. They each bring in about the same amount of money per year. That's a really inefficient system, right? And while efficiency might not be the only variable that we're solving for, if your work is being divided up between six different things, your marketing, your sales, your operations, it's going to mean that you probably feel overcapacity, probably are heading toward burnout, and that's not good for anybody, let alone you. So another problem I see all the time is that offers aren't really priced to match the operational needs of the business. In other words, a lot of times those offers were just priced to bring in a certain amount of money for the business owner, but didn't actually account for service fees, extra help, other people's labor, the software used to run the business, just the quote unquote cost of doing business now, let alone in the future as those operational needs evolve. Another challenge that I see is that businesses are often operating with a revenue model that doesn't match its marketing strategy. And this is often a sort of a symptom of learning too much about online business or online marketing strategy, where the actual services that are being offered don't uh, jive with how they are being sold. And so while the revenue model might technically work or the marketing strategy might technically work, when those two things are put together, it's unsustainable because they don't match. They're not in alignment. Another issue that I would put under financial sustainability is when the value proposition and the positioning of the business or its offers aren't clearly defined, which ends up meaning that sales are difficult or slow. And that is friction in and of itself, right? If it takes a long time to make a sale or if you're constantly having to put in extra time and energy for each sale, that's friction and it reduces your ability to uh, overcome your capacity. 
And then the final problem, at least for now, that contributes to a lack of financial sustainability is that the business owner hasn't fully separated personal money or even their personal money mindset from the business money or the business money mindset. And so even if your actual finances are separate, like your money is in two different accounts, if you haven't separated, detached your ownership of the business's money from your ownership of your personal income and your personal money, it can cause all sorts of challenges in how you manage the financial sustainability of the business. So think about the products or services that your business offers and how they work together. That's your business model. Think about your marketing system, your sales system. Consider how money flows through your business. Where is there unnecessary complexity? What would work better if it was simplified? Again, your first thought might be that simplifying your products or services, your marketing or your sales system would mean that you couldn't possibly get it all to add up to the revenue it's generating right now, no matter what that number is. But what would happen if you poured your resources into a single offer, a single marketing channel, a single type of sales conversation? Can you envision it then? Can you see how approaching the financial sustainability of your business with simplicity could lead to considerable growth? Again, take some time to think on those questions when you can. And finally, let's tackle personal and social sustainability. Having a personally and socially sustainable business means that your business is designed to care for everyone involved as well as the community it operates in. In a personally and socially sustainable business, the vision, mission, policies, community contribution, and climate consciousness make it possible for all stakeholders to feel supported as they execute the revenue model and operational systems. All of the stakeholders, the owner, the team members, partners, customers, have agency and understand their relationship to others in the business. All work is compensated for fairly. Boundaries are observed. Communication is clear. There are opportunities for personal growth and a plan for dealing with conflict when it occurs. The business holds a community perspective seeking to do its part in social and environmental justice. Now, there are plenty of challenges that are common to a lack of personal and social sustainability. The first is probably, again, one that you are well familiar with, which is that policies and boundaries are routinely overlooked. This can happen internally in the business, and it can happen externally with your customers or clients as well. Another common problem is that labor isn't compensated fairly, including the business owner's labor. Are you compensating yourself fairly for the labor that you're putting into your business? I'd also include in that particular problem the mislabeling of workers, having employee relationships with people who are actually independent contractors on paper. Another problem I see is that businesses often take an sort of us-against-the-world perspective without really considering the community impact of their positions. I see plenty of passive-aggressive communication, lack of ownership over responsibilities, and a lack of accountability. Again, it can be both internal in the business, it can be internal for the business owner, and it can be external with customer or client or partner relationships as well. 
Another problem that's common in this area of sustainability is having policies and procedures that don't support whole self needs like psychological safety, family, or exercise. Does your business have policies that actually encourage those kinds of whole self needs? Or do you simply have policies that kind of mitigate it? Or do you assume that your team or yourself will take care of those needs as they need to. And then finally, another challenge that I often observe with this is that there's a sort of a sense of anxiety in the business because of a lack of legal or liability protection. And that can cause a lot of stress that we don't actually attribute to the right thing. So with this whole personal and social sustainability angle, we are really getting to the heart of the matter. Think about your work day, your work week, your work year. Consider your job and all its many roles and responsibilities. Consider the people you work with and how their days, weeks, and year unfold. Consider their jobs and their many roles and responsibilities. And think about how your business is living its values. Consider its impact on your community, your customers, and your family. Consider the part it plays in forwarding racial, economic, social, and environmental justice. Your business can't be everything to everyone, including you, nor will it do everything you'd ideally like it to do for your community. But Lord, do we try. And with it, we bring a lot of complexity to our business, or we end up feeling paralyzed when it comes to personal and social sustainability. What does a simpler, more sustainable approach to taking care of yourself in your own role look like? What does a simpler, more sustainable approach to caring for your team or customers look like? What does a simpler, more sustainable approach to making a positive impact in your community look like? Hopefully, you're starting to see your business the way I see your business. It's overflowing with opportunity, even if you can't see the exact shape or form it's taking yet. You can use sustainability as a framework for bringing your opportunity into focus. Now, before I let you go, one more thing. Once you start to see things from this perspective, you might be tempted to try to make all the changes at once so you can maximize your opportunities. But this is just another form of complexity, and it's unsustainable. Even if you're working with real opportunities in your business, you can burn out if you try to do it all at once. Remember that a stronger business is a simple business with impeccable follow-through. Trying to do everything at once is never a way to build sustainability, resilience, or strength in your business. So my recommendation is to go slow. Choose one opportunity to work on at a time and make simpler plans that you're more likely to execute with precision. Now, next week, I've got a conversation with business coach Justine Clay. Justine and I talk about the opportunities that she's pursued, including moving to the U.S. from London with a guy after only dating for three months. (laughs) And I really let curiosity loose in this conversation so we could get to the heart of how Justine spots her opportunities, decides to pursue them, and then takes action. Now, again, I've got a PDF version of this episode along with a self-assessment you can use to help you narrow in on the opportunity you want to pursue next. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash assessment to download it. That's explorewhatworks.com slash assessment. 
What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our production assistants are Kristen Runvik and Lou Blazer. What Works is recorded on the ancestral homeland of the Susquehannock and Conestoga people. The Yellow House is located on the unceded land of the Kutunaha Nation. 